Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hi, welcome back to the OIS Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Salemi. At the end of each podcast, I promise to deliver you a tale of innovation in ophthalmology. And today, we have done just that. Leonard Borman, Divisional Vice President of Research and Development at Abbott Medical Optics, took a break from his busy day to share how AMO is approaching innovation. In this discussion, Dr. Borman shares how AMO continuously works to foster a culture of innovation and encourages folks to fail fast in developing new products so new innovation can be created. Abbott's reported some great successes lately, and we discussed those in detail. And I also get to ask Dr. Borman if AMO needs to come up with something to counter Google's entry in ophthalmology. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Leonard. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks, Tom, and thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. Same here. Uh, there was a great deal of discussion uh, at OIS about the, the, what is the source of innovation, what, what is the ideal source or, or the strongest source of innovation. And, and the, the question was sort of based around can big companies drive the creation and adoption of, of new technologies? You obviously have a, uh, a unique perspective on this question. How integral is uh, internal R&D to Abbott's uh, overall success? Well, Tom, you know, that's a, an interesting question and one that's been uh, debated around not only our industry but healthcare uh, over the last several years. And, you know, our belief at Abbott is not only can big companies drive innovation, they absolutely have to do so. You know, companies like Abbott uh, have been built on delivering innovation, uh, Abbott specifically, for the last 125 years. Uh, that said, you know, we're honest. We, we know that Abbott Medical Optics doesn't have a corner on, on innovation and ophthalmology. We can't do everything, uh, nor can we expect uh, to be experts in every technology uh, that has application in our field. Uh, AMO is focused on organic innovation in a couple of core technology areas that we believe are going to be key to driving uh, our industry uh, today and in the future. And let, let me see if I can't review a couple of those for you. Uh, it's clear to us that, that ophthalmology is changing. You know, our customers are changing, people are living longer, uh, and, and they want the same lifestyle at, at 70 years old uh, when they have their cataracts removed as they did when they were younger. Uh, and so as a result, uh, Abbott believes that to be the leader in ophthalmology, we absolutely have to be leaders in, in vision science and in optics research. Uh, and so this is one of those areas that... Uh, we believe you absolutely have to be internal experts and successful developers of new products. And to that end, what we've done is developed an optics research center of excellence in the Netherlands and in Santa Ana. Uh, and, and it's at the core of all of our interocular lens development. And over the last five years, I think Abbott's really led the, the whole industry uh, in development and commercialization of new advanced IOLs. Uh, and, Maybe we can talk about those a, a little bit later. But, but in addition to optics uh, and IOL development, uh, we believe there's a couple of other areas that from an internal R&D perspective, you absolutely have to be uh, organic uh, in terms of development. Uh, you, you may find things outside that might be interesting, but 
in order to be able to meet the needs of our business that are changing so rapidly, you have to be able to drive internally. And, and let, me, let me just share a couple of those. Uh, the first one is uh, new materials for intraocular lenses. Uh, chemical engineering is core to that, and uh, internal development is critical as well, too. Uh, fluidics and energy management. We take cataracts out of the eye, and those technologies are critical to that. Uh, and while others are working on things out, outside of, of AMO, it's one area we believe you absolutely have to be internal experts. Laser science and laser tissue interaction, uh, both for cataract and refractive surgery. Uh, and lastly, a, a space that's, that's really changing in our industry, the whole diagnostics area, uh, to be able to very quickly diagnose eye conditions, especially uh, to improve outcomes in both refractive and cataract surgery. So not only uh, can you do internal development and, and research, you absolutely have to, and in these areas in ophthalmology, we think it's critical. How challenging is it to foster a culture of innovation uh, at a big company like, like Abbott? You, you know, we, hear, we hear from other industries what the steps they need to take to really uh, have their employees look at things with an innovative mind. Is that the case in medical technology, or is that sort of just native to, to this land? And, and how are you able to keep a large publicly traded entity focused on, you know, what will be driving the market a decade from now? Yeah, you know, I think there's been so much emphasis placed on fostering a culture of innovation, uh, what with uh, Apple and uh, Intel and uh, Yahoo and Google and, and everybody uh, fighting for space in this area. So fostering a culture of innovation in life sciences and in healthcare is critical. It's critical in a lot of ways. First of all, it's critical to attracting the best talent. No question. In order to be successful in our industry, we have to be able to attra attract and keep the best and the brightest um, scientists and engineers to successfully develop technologies and products. Uh, Defining and establishing a successful culture really starts with a commitment to innovation, and Abbott's been at it for 125 years and clearly committed to driving, to funding, and to supporting innovation in our field. Uh, I've personally been in ophthalmology for more than 25 years myself, and over that time there's been one thing that's clear. Uh, the companies that consistently meet the changing needs of the surgeons and patients are those that are technology innovation leaders in our field. Uh, to be recognized as the leader in ophthalmic innovation, we have to establish and maintain that environment that you talked about that enables and recognizes innovation. You know, I look at innovation a little differently. It's a process. It's not the outcome of the innovation. Uh, that's what people notice. But it's really a process, and, it's, and, it, and it results in or results from uh, the creativity and the cooperation of people. And so the first thing that, that we believe fosters uh, a culture of innovation at AMO is this whole centers of excellence approach that we put together. We put people together with similar backgrounds and interests to solve problems. And you have to give people the right opportunities and time to think big uh, and also sometimes to fail. You know, some of the most significant innovations in our field are the result of what, what we call fall, failing forward uh, or learning from your failure or a series of failures to ultimately solve a big problem, and, and hopefully that leads to uh, the development of, uh, of new technologies. Um, so, so I think from, from, from that perspective, uh, we've even established 
uh, our own award for, for failing forward. Uh, and it all goes to creating that culture, right, that, that people uh, embrace. Uh, and, and our award is the Charles Kelman Fail Forward Award to recognize just such behaviors. Uh, as you also know, the discovery and innovation process isn't without risk. And so you need to ensure that people are recognized, your scientists, your engineers, not just for the products that we bring to the market, but also for their contributions and their efforts uh, on those things that maybe don't work so well, as long as you continue to learn from them. Uh, again, it builds a really prudent culture that's, that's uh, built on uh, uh, well thought through risk taking. How, how does one how does one rank a, a forward failure? <laughs> how do you how do you pick a winner? Uh, you know what? Um, we just created that award this year, and so we'll be going through our first ever uh, Charles Kelman Award winner. But but I'll give you my own personal perspective on it. Um, it it's those scientists that are not afraid their their idea or their uh, innovation or their uh, process uh, demonstrates uh, well thought through stepwise hypothesis driven uh, approach to learning and to advancing a project forward. Uh, and so it may be a, a series of well thought through steps that uh, had steps back during the process, but at each time what they learn and how they apply it helps them to continue to move forward toward an end goal. And how did the, the award get its name? How did uh, Dr. Uh, Kelman well, get the award, get the honor of having the award named after him? Well, given that I've got such a long history in ophthalmology, um, uh, I, I was lucky enough to uh, be in the industry uh, at the time that, that phaco emulsification was, uh, was just coming out in ophthalmology. Uh, and Charles Kelman was probably one of the greatest inventors in, in all of ophthalmology and an ophthalmologist as well, too. Uh, recognized in just about every Hall of Fame that ophthalmology has, uh, and also the inventor of phacal emulsification. Uh, and uh, it, it was clear that that was not, that was a series of, of fits and starts to ultimately get to um, a technique and, and a uh, technology that's used by every ophthalmology surgeon today that does cataract surgery. So uh, we thought it was, there was no better way to recognize um, the ability to, to learn from your failures and to continue to move forward with perseverance and, and stubbornness at times to get to, a, to an endpoint. That was a comment brought up by uh, the Google uh, executive who attended OIS in the fall that, that they, they try very hard to, to, to find out what's wrong with their ideas, how they're going to fail, that their number one objective is to really try to show why this won't work. Uh, Obviously, this is used in R&D methods uh, industry-wide, but do you look at other industries, borrow from other industries to, to help foster innovation uh, at Abbott, or is this some of these lessons that you have brought to the company or have been at the company for a very long time? Well, you, you know, that, that's a great question, and I think there's probably, uh, having been around and watched the industry grow over time, uh, I don't think there's a better example maybe than, than borrowing from other industries than, uh, than there is with, uh, with Abbott. Uh, first of all, we track and we monitor and we consider technology from wherever it's sourced. There's no question. If you're not doing that, uh, then, then you're not uh, doing what's best for, for your company or for your industry. 
Uh, and, and so uh, AMO is, has its eyes on technology and companies outside of healthcare for a long time. In fact, you know, we just recently received approval for our eye design product uh, in the United States for uh, treatment of myopia. Uh, and, and that product, ironically, resulted in technology that was originally designed and developed uh, by an AMO engineer who was originally working in Sandia Labs. The technology was being developed for defense purposes. Uh, kind of when the Cold War ended, uh, the scientist was allowed, as others were at Sandia, to take technology out of Sandia Labs uh, for, um, for the good of, of mankind. Uh, and that whole wavefront technology that uh, was developed for originally for defense purposes ended up being a core technology for um, diagnosing and treating the eye. Um, you know, the, uh, another uh, example of that uh, is the femtosecond laser. Uh, you know, Intralace uh, was the first company to develop the femtosecond laser for cutting flaps uh, for LASIK surgery, but the femtosecond laser really started uh, as an industrial manufacturing tool uh, for uh, manufacturing computer chips uh, because of its precision and its ability to cut. So we, we attend conferences well outside of our industry to track and to follow technology. Uh, technology is not just... Uh, uh, limited to, to behind the walls here at Abbott uh, or, or any of the other companies, frankly, that compete um, or that provide product for, um, for ophthalmic use. Uh, technology comes from everywhere. And if we're not on top of it, understanding how it might be able to be modified and or leveraged uh, for, the, for the purposes of, of treating eye disease, then we're not doing our jobs. Does that, that duty uh, or responsibility of looking over your walls at other innovation in, in other companies or even other industries, does that fall to you or to your sort of your external ventures group or a combination of both? Uh, who, who's, in, who's in charge of uh, looking outward for, for new ideas? Yeah, so, so that's, that's an interesting approach. And Abbott and AMO both uh, are partners in that approach. Uh, we have, uh, let me talk first about how we track and govern that here at AMO. Uh, we have an innovation council. I personally chair the innovation council, and it's specifically designed to ensure that we have our arms around both internal as well as external, let's call it early stage enabling technologies that could be used in our group, in our um, field. Uh, and uh, we look at those, we monitor those, we follow those, we establish or recommend collaborations around those. But uh, it's not the Innovation Council's job uh, to stay on top of it. Every, uh, we, we identify scientists in every technology area here at AMO, uh, which are key innovation point people that are responsible for pulling together teams within their groups and tracking and, and staying on top of and meeting with and going to shows or meetings to uh, understand technologies that are appropriate for their specific subject matter area. Um, lastly, the business development folks here at AMO, uh, coupled with our colleagues back at Abbott, Abbott Corporate, uh, are on top of this with us as well, too. And, and lastly, you know, Abbott Ventures has been around for a long time. Uh, and Abbott Ventures provides not us the ability then uh, to uh, not only track and partner with these companies, but to make investments in them to ensure that technology can be moved forward, too. So it's a very big part of the culture of innovation at Abbott, the culture of innovation at AMO, uh, and uh, it's not just a single person or persons 
that are responsible for tracking and, and for identifying new technology. It, it's really uh, many people within the organization that work in tandem uh, to do so. Interesting. And your work is, is starting to bear fruit or, or has, has, has uh, generated a number of new businesses and, and, and product launches uh, in major markets across the world. Is this, is this the culmination of a plan developed several years ago? Is this, uh, is this something that had been projected finally coming to fruition? And, and is this a, a pace that you, you intend to, to keep? Uh, that, that's a great question, and, and uh, it's true, you know, that uh, at least this year, uh, AMO is launching a number of really exciting products. Uh, we launched the preloaded Technus 1, Compact Intuitive, uh, some new low-add powers for our Technus Multifocal, and most recently, iDesign, uh, all in the last couple of months. Uh, but, but realistically, uh, well, each one of those projects you're, you're right, they all are culminations of a development plan and, and a project plan uh, that, that culminates uh, in approvals and launches. Uh, it's been going on here for, for at least the last three years. We've averaged four to five key new product launches per year uh, for the last three years. Uh, and looking forward, uh, we expect to launch seven products this year uh, and uh, continue uh, to uh, launch new products at a, at a pace of uh, you know three to five uh, significant new products a year over the over the foreseeable future. I think it it goes back to our earlier discussion and question around culture of innovation and drive and uh, the importance of what we do uh, to help people see uh, that uh, keeps people motivated. And and I would challenge that this pace of of new innovation is is pretty unparalleled in our industry. Uh, and it reminds me of, of, of some of the earlier days uh, when I first got into this industry in terms of productivity of innovation and impact on patients' lives. And let's discuss some of your recent approvals. You've, uh, you're have you releasing, obviously, the line of the Technus uh, lenses in U.S. and Europe. Uh, Symphony is, is getting uh, po- very positive reviews in Europe. There's some, um, some uh, positive data released a couple of weeks ago. Uh, talk a bit about those products in, in, uh, in AMO's long-term IOL strategy. Sure. So, so let me talk about uh, first uh, the new Technus Multifocal uh, ad powers. Uh, the Technus Multifocal uh, family of products uh, really uh, is uh, is provided is provided choices uh, for both patients and for ophthalmologists to be able to provide a full range of vision uh, to uh, to cut to patients that that expect such. Uh, and, and it's really unique and, 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 and first of a kind in, in our industry. Uh, they uh, provide outstanding distance vision uh, and excellent computer and, and cell phone vision while at the same time providing uh, near vision um, uh, needs of the patients as well too. Uh, and, and they were launched at the ASCRS uh, this year uh, in, uh, in the U.S. and are doing outstanding. But, you know, all of our IOLs, uh, really start uh, with the with the general strategy to provide the best visual outcomes in the industry, uh, and and honestly, it doesn't matter whether it's IOLs or whether it's laser laser vision correction. Um, it all starts with everything that we do is focused on uh, delivering the best visual outcomes. With our IOLs, it's focused on uh, what the legacy is that we leave in every patient's eye. Uh, at the end of every surgery. And that legacy starts, honestly, with using the best IOL material 
in terms of clarity, lack of glistenings, uh, lowest level of chromatic aberration, and it extends then to the highest quality optics. Uh, and that's the basis for Technus Multifocal. Now, let me talk a little bit about Symphony. You mentioned Symphony just briefly. Uh, again, we talked a little bit about that optics center of excellence uh, in the Netherlands earlier uh, in our discussion. Uh, and that group, uh, over uh, about a three-year period, uh, was tasked with, I think, one of the most challenging tasks that, uh, that you can do in ophthalmology. It's how do you develop a lens that allows patients to see at every distance seamlessly uh, with a visual disturbance profile that's similar to a monofocal IOL? Uh, and honestly, when uh, we asked them to do it, uh, they kind of looked at us with a, with a weird grin on their face and says, over what time period? Uh, well, we, you know, they took the, they took the challenge seriously. And uh, that group developed uh, more than 50 different options, uh, looking at six different uh, approaches, uh, made 25 different prototypes. We took three of those into the clinic very, very quickly. Uh, and uh, did iterations to end up with the Symphony IOL. Uh, that was launched uh, last September uh, in, in Europe. And, and Symphony, is cre they created in the process an entirely new class of IOLs that provide a full range of vision, uh, but without uh, some of the visual disturbances of, of predecessor products. Uh, and it's doing outstandingly uh, in Europe. Uh, I think most people know we have a very large uh, ongoing U.S. trial, uh, maybe one of the largest ones uh, ever conducted, uh, and uh, honestly, in 25 years, the fastest enrolling trial I've ever seen in my entire career. Uh, and I guess that, that lends to maybe the excitement around the lens, uh, and so uh, I'm sure you'll hear more uh, about uh, Symphony and the U.S. clinical trial uh, in the near future. Um, but, but realistically, coming back uh, to the strategy. Uh, it starts with R&D and it ends with patients and uh, generating challenges to uh, some very creative people to solve problems uh, with respect to uh, providing uh, full range of vision, spectacle independent vision uh, for patients uh, to provide them with the ability to live their life to the fullest. I mean, that, that's really what our strategy is built on. And it doesn't matter whether it's our optic strategy or the strategy with laser cataract surgery. Uh, it's all brought together to provide the best outcomes in the industry. Yeah, and you, you had some positive news with the, the compact intuitive, correct, right? Yes, we did. We, um, it's, you, I'm glad you brought that up because we've spent a lot of time talking about IOLs, but realistically, um, compact intuitive was also launched in April at the ASCRS meeting, and it's AMO's newest addition to our FACO family of products. Uh, it provides a, a very small footprint, a very value-oriented option for the FACO market. It has outst I can't impress upon you uh, how outstanding the fluidics are in this very small workhorse of a machine. It has exceptional chamber stability. It manages post-occlusion surge uh, better than, uh, I'm throw down the challenge, almost better than any uh, instrument out there. Uh, it, you throw in the benefits of Ellipse FACO, which is also provided on our signature machine, and we believe that we might have the best pound-for-pound -pound FACO unit uh, in the industry. And, and AMO has really led 
this sort of small footprint, uh, mid-tier FACO uh, segment uh, with our, uh, with our uh, Sovereign Compact machine for the last eight years. And, and Intuitive really builds on, on that capability and, and utilizes and uh, in, includes a lot of the technology that uh, we have in, in some of our other uh, FACO instruments like Signature as well, too. So we're really proud and excited about that uh, new product entry as well. That's great, and I, and I imagine these successes just kind of spur the innovative spirit. If, if you see a lot of products actually hitting the market, it, it, it gives you something really to work toward. You, you know, um, the, everybody always says when you run a 26-mile race, crossing the finish line is the best part, uh, and, and I think that the same holds true with, with every scientist uh, that's out there. Um, I, when I started my career, uh, I said uh, that, that I, was, I would hope that someday I could get one product to market, that I could look back and say uh, I was involved in that and, and help patients to see better. Uh, I can't imagine uh, the excitement and the pride uh, that the engineers and scientists have here uh, with the pace that they've been innovating and the impact that they've had on people's lives as well, too. Uh, that's really it. it. It's not about going to the show and seeing your product on the floor and, and seeing the launch. It's about hearing surgeons and patients talk about how it impacts their lives and allows them uh, to, to live their life to the fullest. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to pick your favorite child, but do you have a, a favorite product that you had a hand in, in bringing to market, one that just is number one in your heart? Uh, you, you know, <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's like, it's like uh, your your children, right? You you love them all, uh, and so while I can't say that I have a favorite, um, maybe maybe it's always the last one that that's your favorite until the next one comes along. So uh, I I think they all have very unique uses for patients. They all generate uh, satisfaction and and meet a need. Uh, and I guess if I were a patient out there. The most important product to me would be the one that's in my eye. Well, I was the youngest of three children, and I can assure you, I was the favorite. So you're right; it's always the last one. That's the that's the best one. There, there you go. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was the oldest, and I used the exact same uh, argument for me too. <laughs> Finally, uh, we mentioned uh, Google earlier on. Uh, obviously, their their work with uh, Alcon has made a, a splash. Uh, is this an area that uh, AMO sort of needs to? answer or needs to address or come up with uh, its own version of or I mean I know they're working on the on the lens which isn't necessarily compatible with what you're doing but it seems as if the the medical uh, industry and the, and the med tech industry is cer certainly heading towards some kind of convergence with tech companies so uh, how does AMO respond to, to something like that yeah so I think that um, you know, interestingly enough Google's not the answer I think it's the it's a partner it's a it's a it's a path to a solution, uh, and, and so I think what what companies are doing as they partner with MedTech is they're they're doing the same thing that that we do here at Abbott or that any of the other companies that are developing products in our industry do. They're looking to solve a need in a marketplace, and and it may be that that uh, technology out of MedTech. Any one of the med tech products 
it is a viable option to pursue. But again, it's about that failing forward piece. So, so as, as I look at trying to solve the biggest problems in our industry, uh, I look at it as in very important things, whether it's the treatment of presbyopia, whether it's the treatment of blindness, the treatment of glaucoma, um, age-related macular degeneration. These are all very important targets to, to move forward on. And, and you have to have enough shots on goal to ensure that in those areas you're going to be successful. MedTech might be one such, such uh, shot, uh, but there are other ways to do it too. And I think the real key, the real key in, in successful partnering with MedTech or, or frankly anybody outside of our industry uh, is an understanding of the application. So no matter what happens, it's that coupling of the ophthalmologist, the understanding of the patient, the understanding of the needs, so that these, out, these outstanding technologies that are being developed all over the world, not just behind the walls of Abbott, but everywhere, so that th somebody can see a path to get those technologies into somebody's eye to solve a problem. And so I think it's going to be the coupling of new and exciting technology innovators, and MedTech is, is one of those, um, with, uh, uh, with companies like ours, like, like Abbott, uh, who have an understanding of the needs of the market and a common sense approach to application. And that's the successful, um, the successful remedy in my mind. It's, and, and, and so MedTech, yeah, it's one, one option. Uh, but there are others, like I mentioned earlier, technology out of Sandia Labs. The national labs are doing such exciting things under grants. We're working with uh, a number of academic institutions and, uh, and, and groups over in Europe uh, that uh, have some innovative technology that uh, is being used in other areas as well, too. So uh, I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, technology is going to come from places that we've never ever expected it to come from in the past. We need to identify those, we need to partner with those, and we need to bring what we know best around the application of the technology to the create um, and partner that with the creativity of these emerging technology innovators. These are, are definitely our exciting times. They are, yeah. and they're changing, and uh, the needs of the patients are changing, and in order to be successful, we have to be willing to change, we have to be willing to partner differently uh, with doctors, uh, and with, with uh, outside innovators to be successful. No question. Great. And Leonard, I'm happy to report that this podcast was not a failure, so uh, it was a, <laughs> a roaring success. I appreciate the time you took today. Thank you very much. I guess it won't be a candidate then for the first Charles Kelman Fail Forward Award. No, I'll, tr I'll try harder in the next one, I promise. Thanks a lot, Tom. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us on the OIS podcast. Tune in next week for another Tale of Innovation. And don't forget to go to OIS.net for updates on our upcoming OIS at AAO in November. We'll see you in Las Vegas. OIS is now accepting applications for presenting companies. Share your technology and clinical data with over 800 industry executives, investors, and key opinion-leading ophthalmologists. To be considered for the Ophthalmology Innovation Showcase, apply online at www.ois.net forward slash application.